All right, we are going to go ahead and get started this evening. Um, yep, it's after seven. Time to roll, people. So we're going to go ahead and get get going here uh, this evening. So uh, I'll be uh, teaching the f- uh, next uh, this week and next week, um, and we're going to be looking at some passages out of First uh, Peter uh, tonight and next week as well. So uh, tonight we're going to be in First Peter chapter one, uh, starting in verse thirteen. And uh, we will go until uh, chapter 2, verse 3. So we're just going to look at that uh, chunk of scripture tonight. So if you want to go ahead and turn to that, uh, that, that way you know where we're going to be tonight and get started. And hopefully just to uh, encourage you guys with some uh, neat, little, neat little things in this scripture about uh, just living a life of hope. And so um, I just want to encourage you with that tonight. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's open up in a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Uh, Father, we do thank you uh, for the opportunity to be in your house uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, worshiping you, uh, growing in you, learning about you. Father, learning how to uh, not just um, further our relationship with you, but to further our relationship with uh, our family uh, that you have blessed us with. So we do ask that you be with us this evening as we open your word. Help us to... Uh, Just uh, gather uh, the truths that are found in your scripture, Father, uh, that it is um, just life-giving words. So we ask that in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, chapter 1, verse 13. If you're there, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, uh, through chapter 2, verse 3. Verse 13, it says this. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, Through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So tonight, uh, as, as we open this up, I, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about hope. And there's, there's a lot of verses in here about hope and the characteristics of a life filled with hope. And, you know, when you think about the word hope, it, it actually means that it's a, it's a confident optimism. And we use that word a lot. Uh, I hope for this, I hope for that, and, and we're going to touch on that a little bit later of, of, of worldly hope. 
versus a living hope. And we'll actually jump back a few verses to talk about a living hope. But, you know, we, we do use hope. Hope is, a, is an overused word, uh, I think, and it, almost like love is overused a little bit. It, it loses a little bit of that, that luster of what it truly means, uh, especially in biblical terms. And, and I think we have to be careful when we uh, read scripture that has love, that speaks of the love of Christ, uh, and the love of the body, and we, we see in Scripture hope, uh, that th- this is entirely different than what we probably use in our common vernacular on a daily basis. So, you know, when you think of hope in this Scripture, hope is a confident optimism, and, and, and we're going to, again, a little bit later here, we'll talk uh, uh, briefly about that worldly hope versus a living hope. But, I, I you know, like I, I kind of always do, and what I did in the past is I just kind of want to break uh, down some of the scripture verses and just kind of talk a little bit uh, topically uh, within this. But this, I, I want to talk about five, uh, five signs or five characteristics of, 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 of a hope-filled life uh, that we can find in this scripture. And the first thing we can, we can find is in verse 13 where it says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, that, that speaks of just this focus. There is a focused life of hope. If, if, when you look at verse 13, it is a focused life of hope. You know, the, 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 the vernacular there, the, there, the gird up your loins, that, that, that's a no loose ends in my thinking. You know, that, that's what that's saying there. I, I can't have any loose ends in my thinking. So when I am thinking... My focus is totally on God when I think of hope and, and, and how hope impacts my life. I, you know, I, I, like to, uh, I like to look at that and you see that hope fully. You know, I always think, of, well, hopefully I do this or hopefully I do that. But no, this is a separate. This is hope fully. This is an entirety. There, there, there's to be no part of our hope that should not be resting in the grace of Jesus Christ. None. And, and he is telling us to, to focus on that. You know, you look at those things that, that you know, gird up the, the loins of your mind. And, and, and I know we've all heard that before, but it's that, it's that grabbing up your rope. In biblical times, everyone had the, the long ropes, and they'd grab them up above their knees. And they'd take the ropes, and they'd tie it off so that their knees weren't constricted. I mean, I, I've never run in a dress. I'm sure it's difficult. But... If I did have to run and I was wearing a dress, I'd want to pull it up above my knees so I could move my knees when I ran. It's that same, you probably have a bad picture in your mind right now, and that's, I should have used something different totally to describe this. But come back here. So it's that pulling up and, and tying off so that your legs aren't constricted, so you can sprint. And, the, and, and it, it's just being prepared. That's what that, that is. There's nothing loose hanging when I'm, when I'm thinking about the hope in the grace that is coming from Jesus Christ. That, that be sober, okay, that be sober that's, that's being talked about in there is, is that clarity of mind. It's focus. It's focus. And, and what he's saying there is, you know, we think, of, we think of sober and intoxicated. We think of controlled and out of control. Well, think of that in terms of this. When we read that verse, if I'm sober-minded and I'm totally focused, I'm not going to miss my mark. You know, we, I'm in the midst of football season, and, and, and so, you know, I think of it in terms of that. For me, when uh, we are talking to our, our outside linebackers, you know, the past two weeks we've had wing T offenses, and so 
You have to, as that outside backer, you have to read your key. You have to read that wing back. You have to. And if, if you lose focus just for one second and watch the window dressing of the world, you miss your mark. And, and so I take that and I apply it to this. If I, for one second, take my mind and I don't rest fully on the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm going to miss that mark. I'm going to let something slip. And so, to me, it's just that, read your, we say this all the time, read your keys, guys. Read your keys. If you read your keys, you're never going to miss where you're supposed to be. Well, Peter's telling us, read your key. Be sober-minded. Have no loose ends. Your hope should be totally in the resting arms of the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you do that, everything that's about to happen is, is going to happen. You're not going to miss that mark. And so we need to have that life that is focused in hope. And we're going to go on here in verses 14 through 16. It says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves in the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you be holy in your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. You know, this, this is a life that has been shaped by the holiness of Christ. So, a characteristic that we have is, is your life shaped by the holiness of Christ? You know, th- there's command in here. There's a command in here. Be holy. Be set apart. Why? Why am I being set apart? Because He is holy. He is set apart. And again, we can tie that right back into... How, how can I rest fully on that? How can I rest fully on the grace of Jesus Christ? Well, it's because he's perfect. He's perfect in every way. I, I can depend solely on him because he is perfect, because he is holy. And so my conduct isn't supposed to be what it was in ignorance and sinfulness. My conduct is now to be shifted completely under the conduct of him. And what is his conduct? holiness and so when we look at that 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 verse there we are being obedient we are not living the life we once had in sin we are now living a life of holiness and that holiness comes from him we're going to go on here to verse 17 if you call on the father who without partiality judges according to each one's work Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. You know, I, I, this, is a, this is a packed section of Scripture, and you could spend weeks just unpacking these few verses in 1 Peter, uh, but, I, but I'm going to condense it all, and I'm going to bring it down just to a, a very basic thing, but how's your life being directed? How's your life being directed? And, and I look at that and I think, in other words, 
What were you bought with? And I think if we think of it in that terms, what were you bought with? You know, the, I heard something on the, on the radio today, that, um, and I can't remember which, which famous person it was, and I, and I can't be that famous, um, but it was a very wealthy person. He said, There's a, everything has its price. And I can't remember who said that, but somebody just said, everything has its price. Everything does. Well, that, that is true, but spiritually speaking, let's think about that for a second. What was the price that had to be paid for you and I? You, know, you can't get it from a bank. You can't save a lifetime for it. You can't inherit it. It, it comes from the shed blood of Jesus Christ, something that is pure, something that is holy. That's the only thing that could buy us. And, and you hear those words, that, that redemption, that buyback, that's that that's that's a prisoner of war language. You were bought back as a prisoner of war by Jesus Christ. A war that you started, a war that you wanted to be in. You know, you had you had no that you're you're running. Here, here's the here's the beauty of it all. We are actively running from Christ in our sin. We prior to redemption, we are sprinting away from Jesus Christ. You think about that. But but here's the beauty of it. When he rescues you, what do you do? You stop, you put your foot in the ground, and you sprint right back to the guy you're running from. You ever think about that? I mean, think about that in that terms. In your sin, prior to being redeemed by Christ, you are constantly running from him. And when he rescues you in your sin, you stop and turn around and you sprint right back at him. I mean, isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, to me, that's, a, that's such a beautiful picture of what Christ is doing. Because what is Christ doing that whole time you're sprinting away? He's walking right at you. He, he's not, he isn't going to stop coming for you. And that's what we are bought with. That's what we're bought with. It is just this incorruptible, precious blood of Christ in all of its perfection. Jumped down and took the wrath of God for you and I. In a, in a war that we love to be in, he bought us back. And guys, that is, what, what a wonderful thing is your life being directed by the price that was paid for you. Are you honoring the shed blood of Christ with your life? Because a hope-filled life does that. A life that rests fully, their hope rests fully on the graciousness of Jesus Christ. A life that is being shaped by the holiness of Christ is a life that honors and is being driven by the price that was paid. You are honoring Christ's sacrifice through your obedience and living a life filled with hope, a life of hope in Him. Let's go down here to, to verse uh, 22 uh, through 25. It says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because, 
All flesh is as grass. All the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And, you know, I think this is probably an area that, you know, when we look at this, in verse 22 it says, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Purified, that's a transformation. That's a transformation by the gospel. Through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren. Now, that is literal family relation. And I think this is, this is probably where we can kind of put our, our, our feet to the ground and, and actively do this. And, and so I look at this as, are, is your life on fire with love for your brothers and sisters? Is your life on fire for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Because a, a life that's filled with hope there is nothing but that for the brothers and sisters. Uh, understand that. Uh, Peter is saying, if you have a life filled with the hope of Jesus Christ, the only outpour of that is a fervent love for one another. That's it. That's our options. That is our options. So, how are we loving one another? You know, th- this is a literal family relation. Well, and why does he say that? Well, look at, look at 23. It's because you've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So here, here's, a, I guess, an application question that I wrote down for myself as I was doing this. Do I look at the people in the church's family? Do I look at the people in the church's family? And, and I think for, I think probably, I don't know, maybe, and this is not right of me to say, but I think it's a lot easier, or at least I, you can see it, it seems to be a lot easier for women to do this well and men to not do it that well. I think that's, that, I, mean, I think that's fair for me to say. You often see women loving each other and loving on each other much more than you see men doing that in the church. Now, why? Why is that? Probably a cultural thing more than anything else, a pride thing, a, a, a selfishness thing out of men. We, we tend to think that, ooh, you know, you need big, strong male. I not need anybody. You know, oh. well, that's sinful. And I've been there. I've done it. I still do it. It's sinful. No, we, we need our brothers. We need to encourage our brothers we need to be with our brothers and, and follow the example that many of our sisters in Christ walk all the time because they are pursuing each other. And, and men, I think, I think we need to grow in this. I need to grow in it. I think we need to grow in it. I think we need to, we need to do this more as men where we are going after younger brothers in Christ if we're older. I'm getting to that point now. Going after the younger ones. And listening to the older ones. Pursuing the kids. That, that's stuff that we need to be doing as men. Look around you in this, in this world, in this community. Guys, we, we are losing out on opportunities to go after young, young men and bring them into the family of Christ. And we're losing out on opportunities not to encourage young men that are already here in the body of Jesus Christ. Don't miss those opportunities, older guys. Younger, younger guys, don't miss those opportunities to seek out older guys. Don't miss those opportunities, okay? 
We are called to love one another fervently. And that's because we've been bought with something incorruptible. Our hope is in something incorruptible. And the outpouring of that is love for one another. And, and we need to pursue that. We need to pursue that. Okay? And now, I want to talk a little bit um, about this as we, before I jump down to, to verses, uh, chapter 2 and 1 through 3, but go back, um, if you would, probably just one page, uh, to uh, verse 3 of chapter 1. And this is kind of where I want to talk about that worldly hope and living hope. You know, I, I, you, read, you read these verses uh, in, in 23 through 25, you know, that, that being born again, that, that, that corruptible versus the incorruptible, and it's through the word of God which lives forever. So that, having been born again, in verse 23, not of the corruptible seed, but incorruptible, which is through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Jump back. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope. Now, what's the difference? A worldly hope is this. It's a desire for some future thing that we are uncertain of attaining. That's worldly hope. It's a desire for some uncertain future thing that we are uncertain of attaining. Okay? Living hope. It's full assurance that God will do good to us. So there's, there's the difference. And even in that definition... One of the major things is, is a worldly hope is something that I am trying to attain. Did you hear that in the definition? And a worldly hope is something that we are uncertain if we can attain it. Okay? A living hope is dependent on whom? God. That's it. And my hope is in Him that he is going to do good. Well, guess what? He did and does. So we have been begotten by a living hope. Now, it's hard to think of the word begotten and not go back to the Old Testament and start going through all the begots. The begot, 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 begot. He begot him, he begot him. Those are fun things to read. Okay? What have you been begotten from okay look at the tail end of verse 30 25 now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you we have been begotten by the gospel we've been begotten by the by the gospel the gospel of jesus christ his death his resurrection his perfection, his blamelessness, his obedience and perfection, conquering sin and death, sitting at the right hand of the Father, the promise of coming again so that you might feel the fullness of his grace. I mean, we, think about that. 
we are showered with grace all the time. When do we get to experience the fullness of his grace? It's when he comes back to get us. What's that going to be like? Mind-blowing, right? Think about how often you think, man, God has been so gracious to us. And we haven't even begun to fathom what the fullness of his grace is going to be like. And that, that's amazing to us. But, but we are born again by the gospel. And that's why we have a life filled with hope. That's why we have a life filled with hope. That's why we should have a life that is on fire for love with one another. That's a mark of a life filled with hope. That's why we should have a life that is honoring the price paid for a life filled with hope. Why we should have a life that is shaped and modeled after Jesus Christ's holiness. And why we should be focused all the time on hope. And finally, in in chapter 2, in verses 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, lay aside, because you have been born again by the gospel, lay aside malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if you indeed have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Well, we have. We have tasted. So, are you hungry to continue to pursue holiness? Are you hungry to consider to continue to pursue the hope that you have in Jesus Christ? Because you should be. You should be. You should be because you've, you've tasted the pure milk of the word. But are we supposed to keep just drinking milk? No, we're supposed to get to the meat. And are we desiring that? Because he says that you may grow thereby if you indeed have tasted the Lord is gracious. Well, you have, and I have, and we all have. Are we continuing to pursue that hunger for him? Because a life that is filled with hope is a life that is constantly hungry for Jesus Christ. It has to be. If you're not hungering after him, then what are you hungering after? My guess is the world. And if we're hungering after the world, then it's not going to be long, guys, until we start having worldly hope. I hope I can get that thing. If I do this, there's a good chance that I can probably get that. Man, I hope it happens. Instead of having the mindset of a person that hungers for Christ and getting on your knees and just saying, I trust God. I have full assurance that God is going to continue to do good. And if he's going to meet that need, then it's in his will for him to meet that need. And if not, it's not in his will to meet that need. And, and guys, we can take this and we can apply it to every area of our life, especially when we're struggling especially when those around us are struggling. Maybe they're struggling with illness. Maybe they're struggling with sickness and disease and loss of job, loss of family. Man, it's hope. Trust in the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Live a hope-filled life. And, and you can do that because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so that, that's going to kind of wrap that up tonight um i just want to encourage you guys with some hope there and some ways that we can pursue hope in our lives with him and with each other and just how we can love each other and so with that mindset of hope um let's let's take a look at our uh, prayer requests tonight